This podcast is sponsored by Criminal Minds, a TV show on Netflix and CBS about a group of criminal profilers who work for the FBI as members of its Behavioral Analysis Unit. Using behavioral analysis and profiling to investigate crimes and find perpetrators. I'm not asking for mercy. For I find it somewhat absurd to ask for mercy for something I did not do. So I will be tortured for and will suffer for and receive the pain for that act. But I will not share the burden for the guilt. Ted Bundy, an infamous serial killer rapist. Why did Ted Bundy become a murderer? Did he have a bad childhood? A psychotic break? Or did he have any mental disorders that could persuade him to commit these acts? Today, I am talking about the psychology of the famous Theodore Ted Bundy and what might have made him commit his heinous acts. Ted Bundy was born in a Vermont home for mothers that were unwed. His mother, Eleanor Louise Cowell, who went by her middle name, Louise, wanted to adopt him out. But her father wanted Bundy to stay with the family in Philadelphia. So, she named him Theodore Cowell and gave him the family's last name. Even though she decided to keep Bundy and bring him to Philadelphia to her father, at the beginning of his life, He was told that Eleanor was his sister and his grandparents were his actual parents. In a book Anne Rule wrote, she exclaimed that Bundy told her that maybe I just figured out that there couldn't be 20 years difference in age between a brother and sister. And Louise always took care of me. I just grew up knowing that she really was my mother. From birth, Bundy was lied to about his parents. Imagine being told that your parents are your grandparents and your sister is your mother. A mother-son relationship is so much different than a brother-sister relationship. Off the top of your head, when you think of a mother-son relationship, you may imagine a mother taking her son to sports games, giving him advice, and more. But when you picture a brother-sister relationship, You may think of constant bickering and pestering of one another. Being told that you are a part of one relationship when you really are a part of another is confusing and could be one of the many things that made him snap. His caregivers did have some issues. Note that he lived with his grandparents and his mother. His grandmother had agoraphobia. A phobia that results in fear and anxiety of the outside world, making the person feel unsafe. And his grandfather was known for having a raging temper. From a young age, Bundy had to deal with paranoia and anger. Though Bundy did not spend majority of his life with his grandparents, maybe seeing his grandfather's abusive power over his grandmother who was afraid to leave the house, had a toll on his earliest memories. When Bundy was three, he and his mother moved to Tacoma, Washington. Before the move, she changed his last name to Nelson to hide his illegitimacy. Apparently, Bundy was upset with the move at first, but became even angrier when his mother started dating a man named Johnny Bundy, a cook in an army hospital. Eventually, the pair became married, 
Despite Bundy's jealous acts and efforts, the man adopted him, and Theodore Ted Nelson became Theodore Bundy. He and his stepfather had a tense relationship. Bundy was a materialistic child. He wanted expensive things, which his parents could not provide. When older, Bundy loved his stepfather and didn't care for what he had to say. Though it was Bundy who had no care in the world for his stepfather, who tried to make an effort to form a relationship with him, constant stress and fighting in his life could have taken a toll on his mental health. He resented his mother because of his illegitimacy. Bundy had some troubles with his mother, but not to the extent that he had with his stepfather. His mother went on to have four more children, and Bundy felt unwanted. There are different versions on how Bundy found out he was illegitimate, but each tale that was told ended up in Bundy looking at his birth certificate with the name of his father down as unknown. Bundy was always lied to throughout his life, finding out his sister was his mother, and then finding out that the only reason his last name was Nelson was to cover up the fact that his mother didn't know who his father was. The discovery of his birth certificate was a traumatic experience. Bundy had realized that his mother had been lying to him his whole life, on top of that, he felt neglected when his mother had four more children. He was an outcast at school. One of his childhood classmates exclaimed that Bundy was made fun of for having a speech impediment, and it was a struggle for him to keep up with his fellow Boy Scouts, too. Being bullied is a hard thing people go through, but in Bundy's case, he was bullied for something he couldn't control, and he felt neglected by his parents. Maybe Bundy turned into a serial killer rapist because he craved the dominance he was never given. Bundy had violent tendencies and began to break the law in his teen years. A fellow scout said that Bundy liked to scare people. He recounted him digging holes, putting stakes in them, and then covering them up with vegetation so people would get hurt. Bundy was a good skier, and as stated earlier, very materialistic. He would shoplift ski equipment he wanted but couldn't afford, and use fake tickets to get on the slopes for free. He was also known for being a peeping Tom. Though this doesn't give an explanation or give any reason to why he became a serial killer rapist, it does point to some violent tendencies that he developed that were never solved. If his parents paid more attention to him, then there might be all of these women who still could have been alive today. Bundy was suspected of killing his first victim when he was 14. Anne-Marie was eight years old when she was missing from her bedroom in the middle of the night. Bundy lived a few miles from her house, had an uncle who lived in the neighborhood, and did a paper route to her house. It is suspected that Bundy was staring through people's windows at night when he saw eight-year-old Anne-Marie by herself and acted. The window to her room was open, so it suggested that she knew who her killer was. Though he never admitted to killing Anne-Marie, the evidence points to him, and his behavioral and violence problems 
did stem during his teenage years. There is an abundance of things and events from Bundy's childhood that shaped him into the person he became. Now that the topic of what could have influenced him to become a serial killer has been covered, let's move on to his education and how that could have assisted him on his murder sprees. When Bundy went to the University of Washington, he graduated with a psychology degree. When Bundy began his killings, his study of psychology allowed him to manipulate women. He would sometimes put on a fake cast or wear crutches and ask a woman to help him by playing on her natural sympathies. He also understood that people obeyed authority figures. So he would sometimes dress up as a police officer. His psychology education allowed him to have a better understanding on how to come up with these elaborate ideas on how to manipulate women that no sane or regular person could even think of. When Ted Bundy went to the University of Puget Sound, he studied law. But instead of being dedicated to his classes, he skipped out on them when he started his killing sprees. Bundy attended multiple colleges, giving him the chance to study the habits and vulnerabilities of his female peers, mostly the ones who attended co-ed classes. His career in law would help him manipulate the police and help him during his trial. His lawyer told him to plead guilty, but in an attempt to save himself, Bundy took over the trial, being his own lawyer. After Bundy went to the University of Puget Sound, he then transferred to the University of Utah Law School to work on a political campaign. He also transferred to get away from the murders in Washington State, but soon enough, women were being murdered and suspicions started to rise. Some of his victims he killed quickly, and others he kept for days. He was also a necrophiliac. He would sometimes cut the women's heads off, put makeup on them, and do their hair as a trophy of his kill. When he went to this law school, he got away from the ongoing murder investigations of the young women he killed and raped. He studied law and murdered women, but it allowed him to kill without suspicion. His education had a major role in his killings. It gave him the power to manipulate women, rape and kill them, and when suspicion arose, he got a transfer to a new college. His education helped him in court and in his murder sprees. But how did it help him escape? In Bundy's first escape, he was charged for Karen Campbell's murder. Bundy could assist in his own defense, so he had the right to use the law library, which is located on the second floor of the same building as the Picton County Courthouse. The judge decreed that Bundy didn't need to wear leg shackles or handcuffs, so he was allowed to walk freely into the courtroom and to the law library. Over the months, I had noticed a number of opportunities to just walk right out. Bunny's heard later saying in a recording of a phone call with prison psychologist Dr. Al Carlisle. I thought a great deal about escape, and I didn't know if I had the guts to do it, quite frankly. The guard went outside for a smoke, the windows were open, and the fresh air is blowing right through. 
and the sky was blue, and I said, I'm ready to go, and walked to the window and jumped out. Bundy told Carlisle, Honest to God, I just got sick and tired of being locked up. Before Ted Bundy's execution day, he admitted to killing over 30 women. He escaped because he knew he was guilty and was going to be guilty. Though he was a very sick individual, he was very intelligent. Bundy was good at reading people, thanks to his psychology degree. And his escape was also thanks to his law degree. Without his law degree, he would not be able to go in the law library in the first place. If he didn't have his psychology degree, he would not have been able to notice the behavioral patterns of a guard and escape. Bundy was moved to Garfield County Jail in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. In his cell was a grate that was not secured. There was also a light fixture that was due to be welded but had not yet been in the time Bundy was behind bars. When I visited him in Glenwood, I noticed that he had lost a lot of weight, John Henry Brown, Bundy's former defense attorney, told 2020. I'd say he lost 20 or 25 pounds. I would think this would have come to the attention of the jailers, perhaps. Why is he doing this? Bundy carved an opening that was in the ceiling of his cell, wider than it was, so he could fit through. And he arranged for some law books and pillows to make it look like there was a body in his bed. He crawled through the ducting just like in a movie, Brown said on December 30th, 1977. Bundy came down into one of the jailer's apartments who wasn't there, put on civilian clothes, and escaped into the night. Bunny lost weight so he could fit through the hole, which is actually genius. Once again, Bunny said the behavioral patterns of his jailers and that they were not paying attention to him, so he lost weight and dug the hole in the roof and climbed through. He went to a place that wasn't being watched, changing the clothes, and left being undetected. As presented by earlier evidence, his education had a great impact on his escapes and killings. I've been going into extensive detail on what might have made him become a killer and what helped him get away with murders, but what did he do to the bodies after the killings? I will be going over some of the things he did to the bodies without going into great detail about necrophilia. Bundy kept souvenirs from his victims. Not only did he take pictures of his victims after the crime, but he also kept body parts, such as the victim's head. When asked about this, Bundy simply stated that when you work so hard to do something correctly, you want to souvenir. Bundy would also apply makeup to the deceased woman's face and style their hair. Bundy is a truly sick individual, though it was said from Bundy that he only beheaded about six Heads from the 30 women he slaughtered, it is still upsetting. This evidence is truly dumbfounding. Not only was he a necrophiliac, a person who shows attraction to dead bodies, but it seems he was a bit of a kleptomaniac. He did state that he took trophies as a sign of a job well done, but the more you analyze his behavior, the more it makes sense. He took something from each of his victims, 
whether it was a picture or their head. He had an uncontrollable urge to take something, and he did. Over the years, there have been psychological studies on Ted Bundy, and though he was never officially diagnosed with any of these mental illnesses, here are the many illnesses he could have had. Antisocial Personality Disorder A group of 73 psychologists in Kentucky University got together and diagnosed Bundy with the disorder. The symptoms are egocentrism, acting on personal gratification as opposed to the law and societal norms, lacking empathy and remorse, incapacity to maintain mutually intimate relationships, often using coercion and intimidation to control others, antagonism, manipulative, deceitful, callous, and hostile, and disinhibition, irresponsible, compulsive, and risk-taking. Psychopathy. Hervey Kalecki, a psychologist, defined with one, the psychopathy checklist. That includes superficial charm, untruthfulness, and insecurity, lack of nervousness, inadequately motivated antisocial behavior, pathological egocentricity, lack of remorse and shame, and inability to follow a life plan, and more. Narcissistic Personality Disorder 95% of psychologists from Kentucky University agree that Bundy had excessive reference to others for self-esteem, regulating and or goal-setting based on others' approval, impaired ability to recognize the needs and emotions of others, largely superficial relationships that exist for self-esteem, regulation, or personal gain, feelings of entitlement and superiority, and excessive attempts to attract attention from others. Borderline Personality Disorder A person with borderline personality disorder, BPD, typically has unstable personal relationships, swinging from one extreme to another, acts impulsively, behaves in self-harming ways, goes through periods of intense depression, becomes suddenly bored, and experiences changes in self-image, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. Per NAMI, people with BPD tend to feel emotions intensely, which may be why not all the psychologists felt Bundy fell into this category of mental health illnesses. Machiavellianism Machiavellianism, several experts noted that the serial killer showed signs of an extreme form of narcissism. The personality trait, named after a Renaissance Italian philosopher, describes someone who will deceive and exploit others in order to achieve their personal goals. They see people as objects for use and manipulation, the podcaster said. They will have normal amounts of empathy unless they have traits of psychopathy, which, of course, you know by now that Bunny definitely had. All of these disorders and illnesses fit into Ted Bundy's personality. He was egotistical and overly excited in court. He saw admiration and acted upon his own agenda, not the laws. He also craved dominance and so much more. It is absolutely absurd and mind-boggling that one person could fit into so many descriptions so well. Ted Bundy was a sick individual who committed an abortion.
abundant number of heinous acts throughout his lifetime. What we know is that his childhood had a great impact on his serial career. And that it wasn't just an out-of-nowhere psychotic snap that made him kill. There were so many events that were ignored. That's what made him kill, and that's what made him rape. His education had helped him kill and get away with it for quite some time, and he may have had many mental illnesses. Thank you for listening to this podcast, The Psychology of a Psycho. Come back next Tuesday when we are focusing on Jeffrey Dahmer, the Milwaukee cannibalist. Have a wonderful day, and we will see you next week.